Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Movie Mavericks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Movie Mavericks. Speaking of fucking long, uncut European cocks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason and Trevor. I can't wait. Hey now, everybody. Welcome to episode 323 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson. Send you over to Jason Rugard, who will give us a rundown. All right. On tonight's show, we'll be doing a little bit of trivia and talking about Tom Cruise hootering her Hootering himself. Um, that would be a completely different stunt than <laughs> Mission Impossible Honka. franchise. Yeah. Um, but instead, he hurt himself on the set of Mission Impossible 6, delaying that. We'll talk about that. As well as Movie Pass's bid for world domination, or at least theater domination. Daniel Craig coming back for another 007 adventure and the Shot Collars poster controversy. Reviews for The Dark Tower, Gold, Fantastic Beasts, and What Happened to Monday, as well as The Defenders online streaming show and trailers for Jigsaw, Molly's Game, and The Shape of Water, amongst others. Of course, big, big show tonight. Stay with us. We're getting into some good talk. <laughs> big show. Yeah, good show. Big exactly. show. Exactly. Big? Big. Real big. So no, big, big, so big Tom Cruise tripped over it and hurt himself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all big. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that, though. But first, of course, trivial trivia. Oh. Um, this one, uh, you're going to know one of the two here. I got two questions. You ready for this? All right. Hit me. Which 2010 theatrical sci-fi dud is getting a straight-to-DVD follow-up? Can we still call these things straight-to-DVD, by the way? Is it like straight-to-video-on-demand or straight-to-streaming? Uh, or... Straight-to-streaming is what people are starting to call them. Um, yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> well, the title huh. of the sequel is Beyond Skyline. Uh, really? Yeah, but it has not. It's not by what the, a, the Strauss brothers. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, Skyline or whatever um, wasn't that amazing of a movie, but it also didn't really. Uh, it doesn't necessitate anyone from that movie being in a sequel. Yeah, it's so I suppose though, you could totally spin it off. But why wait this long? I mean, that that seemed like something you want to spin off in two thousand eleven. No. Probably not. <laughs> you saw Skyline, right? Hey, Skyline had good special effects and some interesting uh, moments. Sure. I don't hate those. That's the Strauss brothers as, as filmmakers. I liked what they did with Alien um, versus Predator, that Requiem. I didn't mind that one, even though it's a small. You didn't mind like, it. That's a. I didn't, well, compared to Alien versus Predator, the Paul Thomas and not Paul Thomas Anderson. My goodness, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Paul. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be a completely Anderson. different movie. Yeah, that would be a very very. <laughs> Esoteric <laughs> film, um, but yeah, no, I didn't think Skyline was was good at all. Skyline ha- leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, it's like uh, they uh, they're in the the um, the room pretty much the whole time, right? It's one of those locked in type of a dealios for a lot of it. Uh, they do leave, I guess, but well, Cloverfield did the same idea with a monster instead of a aliens a lot better. I thought the yeah. handheld stuff. Yeah, close to the same idea. All right, uh, well, let's get to the, the nitty-gritty question here. Who was James Cameron's original choice for the T-1000? This is coming out because... Uh, this is all over the news. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So, of course, you know this one. Tell tell our listeners, because they'll probably know by now. Uh, well, it was Billy Idol, wasn't it? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? What wedding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sneering at people? Very, very uh, interesting. I don't know. I don't get it. I guess. Well, he also wanted OJ as the Terminator originally before Arnold came in. So I think Cameron's sense of casting was off. Yeah, right. Thank God he's not left up to his own devices all the time. Yeah. I don't don't understand that casting. Well, next week, if you don't know, uh, come August 25th, I believe it's only for a seven day limited engagement run at AMC theaters exclusively. Terminator two will be back in theaters. It's like one day. It's not one day. It's yeah. one day. I'm pretty sure it's only the 25th. That's what I read. 
Oh, that's fun. And only AMC Theater. So it's basically not even a real release. That's fun. And they botched it because they missed the 25 year, which would have been last year. So this has been fucked from the jump, to be honest with you. Yeah, we gotta get, we gotta look that up. Is that that can't be real? That can't be. I mean, we're gonna get back to you on this, but if that's a one day situation, <laughs> I plan on seeing that next Sunday. Yeah, me. Well, I will, I'll have to go. I don't know where I'll have to. I'd have to go to like Thousand Oaks. I have to go a while away. Why are they trying? Why are they trying to hide this? I don't Jimmy, know. Well, it's only AMC theaters as well. Jimmy so, Cannon, I mean, that's what already... are you doing over there? Stop fucking. I was feeling this out. Uh, to me, this sounded like. Um, uh, like the Top Gun 3D release, you know, in that yeah, sense. Or, or the Jurassic Park or any of that kind of stuff that they've done. I mean, hell, Phantom Menace had a wide re-release, so why can't we get a T2 wide release? I mean, um, big ups for Cinemark doing their revival cinema series and all that kind of stuff. I mean, last week they were showing Unforgiven, and two weeks from now they are showing The Spy Who Loved Me, and I will go see that on the big screen. I've never seen a Roger Moore, James Bond flick on the big screen. That's one of my favorite ones, so... I plan on checking that out, but I always bitch and say they don't show more recent stuff. And they are getting to 90s choices now, like Men in Black. But I would love to see T2, mm-hmm. especially in a 3D format. And if they show that, basically you're telling me there's going to be five shows. I mean, if it's a one-day run, it be five showings, and that's that? I mean, what, what is this, an extended fucking commercial for the eventual blue well, they, release? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've done that with a lot of uh, older movies right one day with those fashion showings yeah, stuff. yeah. So, but that doesn't have the kind of commercial appeal this does yeah i wouldn't think so either I'm trying to look uh, this that up irritates right now. me that irritates me i mean you're gonna go uh i mean i understand when they do it for something like smoking the bandits no, i'm not gonna go to this on that this is stupid um yeah we're on this for you guys we're this gonna figure this interesting. out tonight well there is a 20 so if i'm looking at the the, my AMC theater, close one to me. There is a, uh, I guess what you would consider a midnight showing on the 24th. There's a 7 and a 10. That sounds like a real release. On the day. 25th. Well, let me just keep going. Okay, so it's playing for the weekend, and that's it. Okay. That's a little bit better. Oh, yeah, great. They're giving it 15 shows. How generous. <laughs> Not generous. Plus the two on Thursday night, we're up to what seventeen. No, it's still playing. So here's the deal: um, it's not playing in all theaters all the time. How dare they? So some of these theaters are only playing it. So some theaters are playing it longer. I'm, I'm looking at, at, at a Woodland right. Hills one's playing it all the way till Wednesday. Um, are you on AMC's website or what do you want? I'm just on Fandango. Yeah, I mean, the go-to, Fandango. Promenade. I mean, pretty much everybody uses Fandango now, right? It's like the go-to thing when you want to go and, and get seats ahead of time. Unless you're like me and just still show up. Yeah, well, you can go to well, you could go to AMC's website and buy it, too. Well, we'll talk about MoviePass a little bit later here. But, but I do like to look at that will be affected. Because I mean, Fandango is best to just look, right? Because you can see everything. Rather like than just the, one theater chain's stuff. Yeah, so this is a fucked up release, it looks like. It's not one day, which is good. I did read that. Um, but maybe it is one day at one of these AMC theaters. Um, and maybe that was the blog post that they were bitching about. But uh, let's be honest, this is, this isn't a, uh, a real release. And and I don't know. Should it, well, actually, at this point, why not take up screen space, right? Yeah, and, uh, and now as I'm on AMC's little or i'm sorry amc fandango's website here i'm seeing something for thursday august 24th the little maximum overdrive pristine double feature what is going on here why is that (laughs) not near me what is where are you guys what's just don't just don't look at that kind of stuff because it just pisses me off (laughs) i see all kinds of cool old movies that are coming out and stuff and i can never go see them what is this only in the alamo draft house jeez yeah i know my goodness um, yeah, so anyways, getting back uh, back on track here, that's going to be coming out for an extended period of time, or maybe just for one show, depending on where you live at AMC Theaters this week. So be sure to check that out if you're a T2 fan. Right. And I absolutely will be seeing this. I can't wait. All right, let's talk about this Shot Callers poster controversy. There's a movie coming out, obviously, named Shot Callers. 
it stars the guy from Gods of Egypt, and he's in Game of Thrones. I'm not even going to try to say his name because it's just a, a mangling of vowels and consonants, uh, even continents. So long. But what does this poster look like? It's just like the guy standing in front of a prison, right? And some fight stuff's going on. Yeah, he's a shot caller in the prison yard. But this movie's been directed by the same guy who directed Snitch. And mm-hmm. the problem with that is that this looks exactly like the Snitch poster. We have this poster. If you go to the Movie Mavericks page where this mm-hmm. podcast is listed, where the poster is listed along with it, and you can see exactly what we're talking about here. It looks almost like somebody just photoshopped his body on, well, even from the it, folds of the shirt. It doesn't look like it. It is, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it clearly is. That's the case of this, uh, is that this is Dwayne Johnson's body with this dude's head on it. Um, and right. they're nowhere near the same size, clearly. And I... People are that size. Right. So the distributor here, um, or or maybe the people who made it, uh, said that this was fan-made. But I kind of call bullshit on that. And you said this was a Canadian thing, which makes sense. Because there's a banner version of this poster. And there's a French version of it as well. Um, Which is just something that a fan's not going to do. I, I read initially when this broke that this was used by a Canadian distributor to secure foreign rights at some sort of uh, festival. You yeah, know? That would make more sense. Yeah. And that yeah. would that would make sense if it's a Canadian thing. Why there's also like a French obviously yeah. version of it, too. And that, this kind of stuff happens all the time. If you go back and, and some of your favorite movies out there. Uh, have great one sheet posters that were in, you know, before they were even in production. If you ever Rambo, when they were selling the rights to that to foreign territory, mm-hmm. it's the old uh, Corman way of, of getting a great one sheet and selling it, you know, the territories out, selling 70% of your budget before you even got into production. So, no, I mean, I understand why they did it. It's just now embarrassing because the movie that you stole from is the same the director it's his previous film. So it's not like that's not going to cause fucking, you know, attention to itself. It's not some random art film you ripped but off. Isn't that weird? Film. <laughs> isn't it's that weird totally that they did weird. that? And like, unless is there some sort of rights thing that allowed them to do that? That's what I thought as well. Like maybe, maybe the dude's like production company has like some sort of rights to that image somehow. Uh, I don't I know, man. I, well, so do I. But I'm just trying to connect the dots here in a way that makes sense because this is so random. But if you, if you haven't seen the poster, it is up on the Movie Mavericks page where this podcast is listed. Give it a It's well edited because it, it doesn't look like Dwayne Johnson's body anymore. And no, all they've done is change the color a little bit. I don't even it's not even slimmed down, I don't think, man. If they you look, changed the they changed the color of the shirt. They lightened it. And the color the, of his skin. If you look at the Dwayne Johnson one, it's literally the same. They didn't even slim it down. So I don't know why it looks slimmer. It it maybe it's I looked at the crease of the pocket on the chest. If you look there, it, it is identical. Those ridges. In yeah, right. I know that's what I was saying. Even the hands, the hands are in the exact same spot. Well, it could also be because the person it, so. in that shirt is a lot lighter. The background yeah, is lighter. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, there's a lot of things going on. There's there's tattoos he's got to take away from maybe the the effect there, but it's 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 just kind of funny to me. And this isn't that crazy because this is the kind of shit you would see on the straight to streaming, straight to video market of the past. Oh, yeah. you know, things that had <laughs> and there's lots of posters that I, are I believe extremely we've, close. Yeah. Yeah, we've probably seen this before and didn't realize it. Yeah, and we'll see it again. You know, be I mean, I'm it. fairly certain Steven Seagal's face is always on a different body. I'm sure Steven Seagal wants his head on a different body at this point. <laughs> I've seen him in, re- in real life. Yeah, the only person that but watched he just two, ruined that body too. There's two people in this world that watched three Steven Seagal movies last week: me and Steven Seagal. He didn't watch his own movie. Oh, I, I bet you he's got him on just fucking repeat on Netflix. Nah, like every time they play. He probably doesn't even realize he's made them. <laughs> oh, good God. All right. Next, we got uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> on the set of Mission Impossible 6. There's footage out there. TMZ broke it um, that he was doing a building jump. You know, in fact, one of the lesser stunts he's done in this franchise. I mean, this guy's yeah, hanging right. off fucking buildings in, in the Middle East and, and on airplanes, and then he goes and jumps from one building to another, and he breaks his leg uh, and or his ankle, and it's now delayed filming. But this isn't a big mm-hmm. – they're going to make their July – I mean, the, the release date's next July, basically a year mm-hmm. from now, 11 months from now. They're, they're going to make that. They took a break in Mission Impossible 5 to work out some plot details, and that movie worked out stunningly. So why wouldn't this just be yeah. everybody involved? 
Yeah, I agree. I um, I think the editor said he was going to start cutting now. Yeah, great. Did I, did I read that? So I mean, I mean, they're basically they're saying it's not a problem. They'll they'll be on track. No no issues whatsoever. I mean, in that guy, I mean, mid fifties and shit. And the guy breaks his ankle. I mean, calm down already. Let get get a stunt guy in there once in a while. Although these movies have been built from the beginning, this whole franchise on him doing one outlandish fucking stunt that they sell the whole movie around. I mean, almost every time you can kind of pick which movie, like, oh, he did that and this one and that and this one and that and that. It's almost the poster mm-hmm. shock, each one, if you will. And this looked very rudimentary as a stunt. Yeah, just literally a jump. Yeah. But, <laughs> a uh, jump from one building to another and then a miss, you know. But you can tell he fucks himself up because he misses the mark and then he gets up mm-hmm. and tries to run away and he hobbles off and you're like, that looks weird. because well, He tries to walk him. it off. You know, I'm sure he's trying to feel it out. You know, how bad did I just hurt myself? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's bad? walk on it. That's a great idea. <laughs> how, how bad is it? How bad is it? How bad is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Rub some dirt on it or uh, maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't want to make a Scientology joke. Uh, somebody called it Psy Thai the other day. Crack me up. Oh, you talking Psy Thai? He's into Psy Thai. Yeah, that was clever. Huh. Uh, speaking of super spies here, Daniel Craig, unsurprisingly not surprisingly i guess it's better english there um <laughs> confirms that he's going to be back for another round of 007 which will give him one of the longest tenures as 007 dating back to 2006 and the release date that's penciled in for this is 2019 so he'll have been bond mm-hmm. for a full 13 to 14 years now at this point and this guy has bitched and had to be pulled through every single one i feel like has I there ever been another actor who portrayed bond who bitched this much and we've gotten and bond? they've just been so all over the map some have been amazing and then some, the, the other ones are just dirt shit you know it's like what the hell uh, yeah these have been a mixed bunch but then again so are the pierce brosnan ones and so are the other ones um but what i always find interesting i'm to just this tired is of this era i'm ready to move on to the next to be honest are you are you done with the craig era i am at this point because i we've been we've just been doing it for a while and They've taken so much time to get their asses in gear to make them. I'm just uh, ready to move on to something new. You know, I don't really want to see all this time that we've waited. Like now, we're gonna get another Daniel Craig James Bond movie. So this is gonna be exactly the same as the other ones. Yeah, I don't know where they go now. They've worked yeah, themselves into you know? such a corner. And I, I know I keep harking on this idea, and I think the only uh, fan of it is you, but to bring back Pierce Brosnan for one last go around. Yes! <laughs> just like they did with Sean Connery back I'm with ready Never Say it. Never Again. Do it. Um, and just kind of just, just to bring the fun back, because these things have lost their sense of fun, which, coincidentally, know. Mission Impossible has upped their fun quote, yeah, which I, I believe is what makes that a I'm franchise good with so Mission Impossible now. Yeah. I mean, I need, I need more. I mean, I'm not good. I'm, I'm good on them. You know, I like them. <laughs> yeah, we fuck with them is what we're saying. Exactly. In the background or on them. Whatever. I don't know. We, we, yes. Only six all doing right now. Like, why can't they do this? <laughs> all right. So let's talk about movie pass. Uh, Strap me to a plane. It. It'll go down. Uh, dude, Seagal, if you, I'm telling you, watch some of those movies. And even the ones from like three years ago, you're like, oh, he's slimmer than he was. And even then I remember going like, my God, he's so... <laughs> You know, now uh, he did slim down, though, to be honest. But he's still he's but he's a big guy, anyways. He's three bills right now in some of those movies. I'm not yeah. kidding. He can't put on his socks, let alone kick people. <laughs> Fuck out of here. All right, let's talk uh, about Movie Pass because these guys, these sons of bitches. I, you know, I've had Movie Pass. Uh, I can't. I still can't even sign up for it. Uh, which is strange because I had two people here last night that I told this to. They immediately got millennials who are subscription-based mm-hmm. people, love this idea, jumped on. One of them got on fine. The other one couldn't get on from the same place. Yeah, it's been same. unbelievable. I literally just can't – it just like won't go through. And I'm just – you know, it's to the point where I'm not even sure if I want to sign up at this right now because it fucking doesn't work. I just keep reading it. It's not – because it's overloaded. You know, it's like overcapacity. Like they – I don't know. How do you come out with such a price reduction and then not have the technology to back up uh, what you expect to happen, right? Which is an explosion of users. Right. That does seem a little ass backwards to me. They have nine, they stated in the article I read, they have nine employees. So there's some fucking tech guy that just overloaded somewhere, <laughs> like having a nervous breakdown by all the crashes. But if, for those that don't know, and if you listen to this podcast, you should know about this kind of stuff, but we'll clue you in. 
Um, the movie pass situation, we, I've had it since late 2014. It's basically a, a subscription based service to the movies. It's like a gym pass for the movies. And you could back when I mm-hmm. first got it, you could only go once in a 24 hour period. Now they've jettisoned that as of the early this year and you can go once uh, a calendar day. So it used to be, you know, if you saw a 10 o'clock show Thursday night, you couldn't go back until a 10 o'clock show Friday night. Well, now you can go to an early show Friday morning if you go to a late show Thursday night. But I want you it. Go, you can't use, <laughs> you can't buy tickets for days in advance for movies. You That's know, fine. Let's say a, a Saturday movie and it's Wednesday. You can't use There's say, a, a day time cut it. off, right? There's no time cutoff, but there you can't use it for IMAX. You can't use it for large That's format, fine. 3D. There's, so there are stipulations. And I found something to be incredibly frustrating this weekend when I got an email from MoviePass, which they do every week, and they mm-hmm. they used to, and they tell you how many percentage of their users used it for this movie and breakdown and blah, blah, blah. Well, this had a whole luck, Logan Lucky sweepstakes. Use your movie pass this week. Yeah, I was going to say that. It automatically confirmed to be in this sweepstakes. You, you went a whatever. poster, right? With It's an autographed poster by Soderbergh. And like a lighter, kind of a, a beer cozy, all these quote unquote hmm. NASCAR white trash kind of items that are kind of campy and fun. So anyways, mm-hmm. I go to use it and it doesn't, the movie is nowhere to be found on any theater on my pass. And I, I take a picture, a screenshot it, send it to you, send it to MoviePass, and they send me this letter back or this email back that they're working on the problem, but they're in negotiation with Be- Becker Street, I guess is the name of the, the fucking yeah. company that's releasing it, and that they should have it done by the end of the day. Well, all we can go is it's nowhere to be found. I, ha- I can't I – mean, no, I, show, I Which is so the, weird because I don't understand all – because you just – pay for it like there's no, what's the negotiation about like, you're gonna buy AMC, a full ticket what's the well, hell you know in every month i kept telling you i'm canceling this thing because i was paying 35.99 well they dropped 25 dollars off that so at 9.95 how could you not do this if you go to the movies i know twice right a month, it makes yeah you know that's a free movie so why is amc pissed off because they know once your ass is in that door they're gonna get you for that 12 dollars popcorn because they so well for the same exact reason that i just bitched about and why i'm still not a member is that it's going to it's going to crush expectations right um the streaming stuff did the same i complained about netflix because it doesn't have anything on it because they stopped paying and people stopped putting their libraries out for just netflix to stream and stuff right so now there's fucking nothing on it not everyone's got their um, own and you but you expect situation. it to be on there you know what i mean because that's how it started like you got all these movies and shit you got like real movies not just bullshit crap things which is what they're pretty much left with, aside from their, you know, original stuff that they paid for, um, which recently isn't that all that much better. But you know what I mean? Like you expect to be able to to go see um, uh, movies for ten dollars a month. Well, when that dies out, people are gonna be pissed, right? <laughs> people are still gonna go. I don't know. What In my mind, I think people will understand that this is a momentary thing. Take advantage, and then you know it'll suck when it stops. But you got to see a bunch of shit for ten bucks a month. You know, I think if anything, it helps the movie business. It gets people in there. It, more people that are in theaters see previews. Mm-hmm. Will get excited for the future product. Will talk about things. Of course, you know you don't need that well, for well, something like Star Wars. But then again, people are going to pay. To go see it the wouldn't work though that. with with the movies, right? Because you wouldn't make this, you wouldn't make any money on that. Well, this is what's curious to me. Let's right. say that a large chunk decide to go to Movie Pass, and now you can't use your Movie Pass for those three D screenings, for those IMAX screenings. Now, does that affect the business of that? And they start using yeah, right. Them? That's interesting. Is there going to be a second yeah. tier because now those movies aren't being occupied because ninety percent of that audience is in the two D screening? Well, or they're just allocating more screens for two D, right? Or is there going to be a second tier? You know, for nineteen ninety five, you can use it for the three Ds. For twenty nine ninety five, you can use it for mm-hmm. all formats. Uh, you know, for un- for fifty nine ninety nine, you can use it as much as you want. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's all coming. I think this is to get you in the door and comfortable with using it and how it all works because it is a. a well, I have read online people um, pay for the upgrade out of pocket. Which I don't well, know if they're off. supposed to do, but they've been great so thus far. Any problem I've ever had with them, if I had to pay out of pocket because something wasn't working, they they would refund it immediately. Uh, I got I got to give them the credit for that. So they've been extremely communicative, 
I just I thought it was a good company, and I was getting mm-hmm. rid of it because it was highly it was overpriced. I thought, and now uh, retroactively they went back and billed me nine ninety five this month, and I'm just thinking that is tits. I am staying <laughs> with this company. Yeah, I like your business practice. But ever since they did this announcement, was it Wednesday? That app of mine that you need to use to work this to it even go to the movies. Dying. It's all over it's the been place. Struggling half the time. All their stuff's been just so hammered. It's like fuck. How are you going to use this thing? It's curious, though. All right, so apparently Gremlins 3, the long-awaited sequel that nobody asked for except for Joe Dante, is already in production or seeming to be nearing production because Chris Columbus has stated that he has written it, it's good to go, and they are talking about putting it in front of cameras sometime next year. Yeah. Uh, Desperate grasp for 80s nostalgia or legitimate sequel. What do you think? I think legitimate sequel, um, uh, from what he's talked about, I mean, it can be a, a hot pile of shit still, but so can anything, but it sounds to me like, uh, like they gave it a real shot. I mean, I'd, I'd go watch it. I think it's interesting they're, they're talking about, um, keeping, uh, with the, the puppets, you know, and using CGI, um, for wire removal or, you know, human being removal so that the puppeteers can be. Um, a little bit more in active in the shots and things. So, so it's not going to be a huge departure from the other two, which I think is really neat. You know, it'll fit mm-hmm. right in, and then that's cool. So I'm willing to yeah. see what they do. They're talking about maybe even uh, killing off Gizmo, um, all kinds of weird things, which I don't think they're actually going to do. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I'd go see this. I know it says it's dark and and funny, so. Why? Would you not go see a Gremlins movie? Oh, yeah, I, I'd yeah, go I see one. I rewatched Gremlins 1. I think it's on Netflix right yeah, now. It's it, was, good. it was on Netflix around Christmas time, and I watched it. I forgot it was a Christmas movie, to be honest with you, because it was. Uh, yeah, well, kind oh, of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's much darker than I remember. Yeah. Much darker than I remember. Yeah, and, and Gremlins and 2 is a lot funnier than I remember. It's fun, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Gremlins 2 is, is a lot of just fun, um, even though it's so. It almost outfuns itself. It's too silly. Um, it gets to be a little bit at the end. There. Yeah, you looked at a John Glover. Um, uh, but regardless, character. I'd still I'd still welcome a third one. I think it'd be interesting enough, to, especially to go see it um, in theaters as a new release. Would be is really interesting, especially with that catchy little theme music. I'd like to hear that in theaters again. Yeah. Now, if we can just uh, get Waxwork Three out there, um, I'd be yeah, really happy. Well, yeah. Your boy Zach, uh, <laughs> the main the main actor, yeah, yeah. definitely available. Yeah, Zach Gallagher, whatever he is. Yeah, he's he's ready. Definitely available. Now let's take a quick break and we'll come back with reviews for seven new movies. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Okay. We're back. That's us. We can find it all there. This is the preview. Yeah. Okay, so what do we see this week? We saw gold. We both saw gold streaming on Netflix right now. This was the Oscar wannabe Mm -hmm. with Matthew McConaughey. We we struck gold. Uh, this is what Wolf of Wall Street meets. Uh, if you want to, I, th- I think you're doing a disservice to people by describing it as Wolf of Wall Street. But well, I felt it had a Wolf of Wall Street type vibe mixed with kind of an adventure yeah, film type vibe. Um, Nowhere near Wolf of Wall Street quality. I found this movie quite mesmerizing. I thought it was excellent. Really? Yeah, I really, I really got wrapped up in it. Uh, I think it's not a very good movie in general. Really? Yeah. What, what, what didn't you wait? Wait. When did you? When did it go south on you? At what point in the movie? Oh, at How the beginning. Along? Oh, get the fuck out of here! I the beginning, it. I thought was uh, was just uh, it was just boring. You know, there's nothing going on. It takes him. The guy really doesn't do much. It takes him forever uh, to get anywhere. And I don't know the whole idea of not showing you because they can't show you really. Um, and so it just continues on and you can pretty much guess what's going on because they're not showing you. I don't know. It, I don't know, man. It just wasn't that interesting. I, I thought it was about on par with the founder. Really? It's just an interest. It, just nothing happens. Oh, I thought this was way better than the founder. The founder to me was monotonous. This, this to me, this is monotonous. I mean, everything you're saying about this is exactly how I felt about the founder. And I can't yeah. even say about this. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. 
Well, first of all, I have I was watching this in in high HD, which I'm sure you were, and people looked appalling. I mean, McConaughey and Craig T. Nelson in that opening scene. I just felt bad for both of them. I mean, that, that opening scene. I thought, my God, this HD is just too clear on this. I'm seeing hair plugs and broken blood vessels in the skin, but. Um, the acting, I well, thought, I think they're was supposed to look like that. Well, of course, I mean they they both yeah. look old and bad there, but uh, the acting I thought was was just fantastic in this movie. I thought that the the story moved briskly. I didn't think it moved slow at all. I, I know what you're saying how it took him a second to get uh, going, but of course, just like the founder, he had to show his near misses, and there are some similarities. It took to them that. a second to do anything in the movie. It took yeah, them a long I, time to get anywhere. It was a lot Constantly. of parts to what they were doing. That's why I, I there really I wasn't that didn't bother me. <laughs> It did. I really thought this was a good one and uh, mm. very compulsively watchable and, and brisk at two hours uh, to tell this kind of story. I, mean, I appreciated that it was a two hour, not a two hour and fucking thirty minute, um, you know, kind of debacle there. And uh, Gagan proved himself as a decent director. I thought here, and so I'm I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't. I'll like be a complete opposite on all that. So, mm. yeah, we're, we're totally, <laughs> I just uh, really was just bored. By the end of it, I was just wanting it to wrap up and. Um, I don't know, man. It just didn't catch me at all on any level. All right. Fair enough. Let's talk about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. This was the Harry Potter prequel spinoff, whatever you want to call it here. Yeah. A side shot that uh, J.K. Rowling's pen. It's like the U.S. version of Harry Potter, right? That's what it felt like Very to much me. so, yeah. yeah. And I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I've seen the first three or four of those. But yeah. Well, clearly you're not a huge Harry Potter fan. <laughs> yeah. But... This I actually really liked more so than any of the Harry Potter really? movies. Really? Yeah, I, I maybe because I had no affinity for those, and I I got like the I, why would you have an affinity to this though? I just kind of liked I liked nineteen I liked the era I liked the mm-hmm. look I, I really like um, I mean I can't, I cannot think of his name it's Dan is it Dan Fogle the guy who oh, plays yeah. uh, the uncle on the Goldbergs I love sure. that actor I, I really do um, and. I thought Colin Farrell was good in this. I thought this movie was a lot darker and creepier with the the religious um, second Salemers. And I just thought there was a mm-hmm. lot of inventiveness in this movie. Of course, it has the problem of the CGI bloat that you know affects everybody in this these movies. Where the last 25 minutes just kind of goes crazy mm-hmm. on you. But I thought from an imagination standpoint, this thing was chock full of interesting ideas. Um, so I, I really liked it. Yeah, I just I the only miss on this for me was the the creatures and how uh, the movie's called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and I really thought that it would be about the Fantastic Beasts and in mm. fact it is not. Um mm. they're just there, you know. This guy just happens to like Fantastic Beasts and he's got a couple of them with him, but it really has nothing to do with the damn movie. Uh no, which a, to me was the biggest letdown. I was like, "Damn, you know what? There's this other damn storyline going on." Like that's the movie. Why isn't well, there it about is the, the beasts? <laughs> there is the one sequence when he gives the guy the the protection, you know, the head pad and whatnot. And they're gonna go catch the bird that adjusts to the size of the room he's in. Yeah, There's they're in there. I, I mean, I'm not saying that. And they go get the rhinoceros thing and stuff. Right. I, I mean, I, the beasts are there, but they are not the movie. They're just happened to. They're like just a part of that guy. He just has some animals he travels with, right? I mean, the, but the plot of the movie, whether he's there or not. Uh, with his beast is completely different. It has nothing to do with with it. With him, were you surprised at how dark it was, or was that just me? No, no, no. no. Well, first of all, this is David Yates, um, and if you get to the end of the Harry Potter movies and into the Yates ones, um, they get very dark. Okay. Well, I like Yates. I mean, I even so like this fits with in with with the Harry Potter universe. I thought, but I, I don't know. As far as like, it, I really wasn't so interested in it. Um, it took me a while to even finally watch it. And I could say, yeah, it's it's just an extra little Harry Potter thing. It's really not uh, special like Harry Potter was, um, and it feels like a little spinoff. I I liked it quite a bit, and I thought that it uh, was beautiful to look at, just to simply look at because of the this production design. Yeah, it's all true. Yeah, but I mean, however, I did end, not care I, for the big reveal at the end of the the guest actor who apparently is going to take over the next. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, you got to have your fucking foot in everything. Or yeah, what? I know. That's what I, that's what I thought too. Yeah, I thought that was. Very it's just good. a movie. It's a good movie, but in the end, for me, it's just a movie. I'm not the biggest fan. Entertaining of it, though, but yeah. just not like it wasn't something that sucked me in. Where I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta see the sequel, and not at all. So well, let me tell you that a movie that's a soulless fucking misfire in all fronts is The Dark Tower. I mean, this thing. 
you know, I bitch about movies regularly being two hours and 15 minutes, two and a half hours. I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know, it's kind of my constant gripe. And The Dark Tower runs a scant 95 minutes. But talk about a movie that could use beefed up in, in some time. I mean, don't you hate they, that? Like, it like destroys your entire argument you've been saying for so long, you know? <laughs> well, it starts, it goes, and it's over. And you think, like, mm-hmm. this. How the fuck is this over already? And when it started, mm. I thought like, "Wow, this is brilliant. This is what Va- Valerian should have been. This is like the all the imaginations on screen. They're building a world. <laughs> that's, here. that's exactly what you thought when Valerian I, started. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, but this sustained that for longer. That was a five minute. Yeah, stretch yeah, Valerian. true. This was okay, a twenty minute enough. stretch. Uh, in this one, because I thought, well, this is kind of like never ending story, or, or even um, the last action hmm. hero in a sense. Uh-huh. And then it just. It becomes this Jonah Hex type thing where they're just showing backstory and like weird villains and and McConaughey. I can't tell if he purposely is acting terrible or I mean, if you think <laughs> I'm glad I saw gold, I saw gold and dark tower in the same week. And it's unbelievable. Uh-huh. It's the same actor because one is so fucking phoned in and the other one is a total character, you know, like he's in. And to me, in gold, he was in that character, and I bought him in. When he, everything, all those little eccentricities, I really liked. In the Dark Tower, he's basically doing those Lincoln commercials where he's just sitting there, just like <laughs> cooler than you know, the coolest guy in school. Uh-huh. I just he's terrible in this movie. Idris Elba, maybe he's going to be an action star one day. This isn't the material. And if they think that they can build a television show and like further movies off of this, oh no, I think they're done. Yeah, oh no, shit, they're done. <laughs> it took them ten years to yeah. make this movie. It's unbelievable to me. So. Bad, bad movie. And uh, what well, is really... incredible to me? I haven't seen this, but from what you say, it always blows my mind when they take things that are unfilmable and then film them. And oftentimes it seems like, why was this ever unfilmable? But for something that's been said that about it, you don't make a little a little rinky dink movie out of it, right? That's a sure you way of make... for failure, right? This is the, the honestly lengthwise. This would have been like the third one. You know, like, okay, we got you. Like, we're going to get you in and out real right, quick. Yeah. You know, this is the average length of a fucking 90s comedy. This is not what you would do for a movie that has this uh, voluminous of a of a world to tell you about. And there's so much going on in it. And you don't understand why any of these people are doing what they're doing or, you know, what happened? Hey, wait, what happened <laughs> to the parents? And what happened over here on this? And what, how did he get here? And why is there no action? Now all of a sudden it's only action and it's over? I mean, when the credits uh, popped up, I thought, that can't be the end. <laughs> I mean, that can't be the end. And it was the end, and I was like, oh, wow. Somebody just was like, get this thing out of here. I, it almost like the studio just said, fuck it. Just, it is what it is, go. <laughs> it just, just take the hit. Yeah. So, you'll see. I know you'll see this because it's a movie that. It's, I will it's, see it. But, I mean, stylistically and, and from a genre standpoint and all mm-hmm. the good stuff, it's right up our alleys. That's why I was prepared yeah. to like this. Um, but it's not good. Mm. All right, tell me about the Defenders. This is the Netflix show, right? Do I have to go back and watch Daredevil and just Yeah, you do. Ah. Yeah, I got uh, th- th- this was a huge letdown for me, um, especially after seeing all the individual shows themselves. Have you seen all the individual shows? And how good all they the are? Episodes, yeah, all the individual shows before you watch this. Yes. Wow. You all sick. very good. Um, some all better. better than some this. some better than others. All better than this. This is. Nothing more than an attempt to throw all, all these four characters and a couple other uh, characters t- together into a show. And it's not even a show. It's a movie cut into eight parts. Uh, so the flow is fucked. Uh, it's just it's just not very intriguing. Um, the villains are terrible in this. Um, just lightweight nothings. Um, aside from Electra, who is a quasi villain in this. Um, like the Sigourney Weaver. So really the hand stuff and, and the five fingers in the hand, and all that stuff is just weak. So weak for the, for having had such a grip on, uh, the, the entire backstory of all these characters and everyone dealing with these guys, these guys being badasses and, and, and just huge problems, like, un, like it's unsurmountable, right. To these characters. And then to just have them be just useless and stupid. It, it's just What? Like this is this is it? This is the big bad that we've been worried about the whole time. Yeah, what um, And the whole thing comes down to uh, bad guys need a key to open a thing to cause bad things, and that's it. That's a whole movie. That's not what well, it is a movie, but that's a whole show. It's like what? 
that's the fucking plot of this thing. And you're going to try to put mystery into this by not telling me details, but by telling me overall exactly what it is. Like, who gives a fuck about the details? I know it. I know what it is now. Like, why? What is this? There's one part in this uh, that you don't see coming, and that's it. And it's not even that big of a thing. It really just ruins the the main villain even more. So I don't, I don't, so, I just don't get it. How did they fuck this up so bad? As far as I'm concerned, I still love all the characters and like seeing them all together. So it, it's worth it in that sense. But you really should watch this. They reference a lot of shit that happened before. So which you know, one of these shows do I watch? If I'm going to pick one out of all these characters that are thrown together, that's really, which one? That's really hard. I mean, for me personally, I think the, the Jessica Jones uh, first season is the best. Get the fuck um, out of here. Just absolutely. The, why? Because um, it's got a female heroine? I know you love your female heroines. Are you telling no, me it's better than Daredevil? The, the, well, for you, you might like Daredevil. I don't know. You didn't like Angel, so I don't know what to tell you. Um, but Daredevil was like really, Angel. really good. I didn't like it as much as and Buffy, but I didn't hate you, it. You didn't watch it. <laughs> I want to watch The Punisher. Who do I got to watch to get into That's that? That's what I was just That's saying. So you should watch uh, You should watch Daredevil because he's in that. Um, and damn good in that, right? The Daredevil's uh, good in that. D'Onofrio is the kingpin I could watch an entire series with just him. He's so fucking good in that. That's great actor. Um, but that's the thing about the bad guys, right? I mean, David Tennant um, in Jessica Jones as the bad guy is fucking awesome. And it's a great story, you know, a, a dude that has the capacity to make anyone do anything he wants. It's a, it's a it's a fantastic uh, villain, you know. Villains I, I, are the biggest point here. I mean, good of, God, of superhero movies. Yeah, I, mean, I think Spider-Man Daredevil's so great well you, because you should, of the villain. You should watch Daredevil. I and mean, there's more of it. There's three seasons, I think. But um, oh, jeez, now I got home. <laughs> But uh, but you'll like the Kingpin stuff. It's really good, and then the um, the Punisher stuff's just as good. Um, and he's portrayed, you know, initially as as a villain, really. Of course. Um, Frank Castle's misunderstood. I fucking yeah. Punisher. Okay? Well, then, then that's that's, that's what is that then that that plays out as well. But those are really the those are the best ones. Uh, I saw the teaser trailer for that Punisher show coming on. And I thought, mm-hmm. God damn, now I got to go back and watch all this shit. I don't know where to start. So I'm glad we talked about this tonight because I didn't want to watch. Just watch Daredevil if that's if just if you're only interested shows. in Punisher. Uh, you might not even really you don't really have to see Daredevil, um, except they might reference some things um, that you'd miss out on. But I doubt they'll fuck up that Punisher series to that to this degree because um, this is just it's just worthless is the only thing I can say about it. It's just so pointless after investing so much time. And here's the, here's the Avengers moment for these characters. And it's just like, Hey guys. Hi. So yeah. Weak villains <laughs> is going to be a big problem going forward in this genre oh, in general. They're running out of villains to portray. Well, I mean, they've, I'm they've, you. They've wrapped this up. So I don't, um, the strongest villain in this got away. And they they pretty much wrap this up, so I don't think this is going to be something that this particular issue might not be a problem in the future. I don't know. I, they have a lot of villains to deal with to, to pull out still. I don't know. I don't know. Writing and casting, you know, writing and casting. That's what characters, it takes. whole backstory shows, and I mean, there's only so much time in the world. I'm not watching Luke Cage and fucking Iron Fist for next ten seasons. Christ. Well, there's not very many episodes, so. I believe there's only like 10, 12 per uh, season. Yeah. I mean, there's only eight of the Defenders, so. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, all honesty, it doesn't take that long to, it wouldn't take that long to catch up. Yeah, I, I say that, but then Three again, seasons of Daredevil is like a normal season of a regular show. Yeah, so. I just complain about that, but I watched three Steven Seagal movies last week, so I mean, it's like, yeah. yeah. Well. Pick your poison. Exactly. Wherever you want to put your time. I mean. Well, I put my time in watching Boyka Undisputed 4, which is now the fourth one of this series I've seen. And uh, this is a strange series, Undisputed. And the first one was a boxing movie, a prison boxing movie with Wesley Snipes and Ving Rhames, directed by Walter Hill. An excellent movie, honestly. One of, I think an underrated little uh, B-gem. I mean, it's got no aspirations or ambitions to be anything other than a gritty little fucking thriller, which it is. And the second one introduced uh, Michael Jai White in the Wesley Snipes role. And then Scott Adkins as this character, Yuri Boyka, who was this prison bad guy. And through this series, he's now become the star of this franchise. And Undisputed 4 is just called Boyka, basically, just like they did with Rambo, because they know what they got here. And this is a Stallone moment. And Adkins, the actor, the actor himself, is a, is a good actor. This guy has been the devil for Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool 
uh, when he was in the Wolverine movie, the shitty one. And he mm -hmm. basically has the Ryan Reynolds look and build, but without the smart ass kind of smirk. And he's a good actor. So this guy is trapped in these B movies, but he's kind of the star today of the B movie, mixed martial arts movie genre. And this movie is good. It's well shot. It's got money behind it. Isaac Florentine, who directed the second and third, is a producer here. They give it to this Russian cat to direct. I'm not even going to try to say his name. It's Tador Chajankis. <laughs> I mean, it's got a lot of a lot of stuff going on in that name. But regardless, it's well shot. It's well hmm. edited. There's money is on the screen. Atkins has given plenty of. I've seen so many of these kind of tournament fight movies over the years. I mean, seriously, hundreds of them from Bloodsport to the Blood Fists to all these shit ones in between, the Corman ones. And this is a really good one. I recommend it. It just was released by Universal Home, uh, Home Entertainment, straight to DVD streaming and uh, it's on netflix right now definitely check this one out you don't really need to see the other ones to get this one you'll understand it for what you, it is you almost never for a series like this need to see they first ones on which is real good yeah which is real nice to be able to watch pretty much any number of any action movie like this you know well this guy headlined a lot of stuff and recently he did hard target too which i was a fan of and you didn't like but do you like atkins in general are you or do you think this guy's got those goods uh, you know, I do, but I don't think that he has the, I don't know what to say. He's, he's just doesn't have that celebrity appeal, you know, to be able to break out of this. You know, he's got the charisma. Yeah. Off the screen at least, or just, I mean, even kind of on the screen. He is, uh, you know, but I do like him and I do like him on, on in stuff, but it's just not enough to, uh, you compare him to Ryan Reynolds and then obviously Ryan Reynolds is, is like, a, a big star, right? Celebrity. And, th and this guy just seems like, Hey, he's really good. But unfortunately, Ryan Reynolds you know? is more of a, of a personality in this guy. That's ex exactly of, a, of an action guy. Yeah. Which is fine. I like that. But he's carving out a niche for himself in the, you know, this, this kind of market in this genre. So he's doing well for himself and he can, can use, the guy's got an incredible physique. He's an incredible athlete and he's a good actor on top of it. So yeah, I follow him down these rabbit holes and this was a particularly good one. But tell me what happened to Monday because we are basically into Monday and I want to know what happened. What's going on with this movie? What happened to Monday? This is your basic dystopian future. I saw the trailer for this. You this know. looked like wannabe ex machina type bullshit i don't know about ex machina but uh it's just it's like any other dystopian future thing um but if you've seen the trailer you know the basis for it uh you, you only have one kid the government uh says and uh if you have more they take them away and they freeze them and then the they're gonna unfreeze them in the future when there's less population <laughs> so uh this guy has uh septuplets and so they have to pretend to be one person. They can only go out, you know, once uh, once a day. Each of them, name them for each day of the week, and then they go out on that day. And Monday, the girl goes out on Monday, disappears, and the other ones have to find out what the hell happened to her. All hell breaks loose. There's a lot of action. Um, and I do have to say that they you don't really know the ending of this uh, until they get there, but you can guess it. Pretty. They lay they lay the foundation for you to guess it. You know they they leave the breadcrumbs and stuff, so you you can guess it. Um, I didn't get it perfect, but I did get close enough. Um, so it's it's a fairly well structured, decent movie to be on Netflix. You know, just for for free. I don't know. It's well, surprising in that sense. Fare. You know, yeah, yeah. It's Netflix original, I believe too. Um. So yeah, I really just I was kind of impressed with it. I was expecting something to be something really shitty, to be honest with you. Look, if, if they and give you breadcrumbs and you can follow it, that's fair. At least they're playing fair, and they're not pulling one out of fucking left field and they're not being obvious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You but they, but it was set up nicely to where um to where it was kind of like enough of a twist that like they I can see a lot of people not getting it. Like I said, I didn't fully get it until it until it happened, but I was kind of, I was on track on it. Uh, but I didn't get the way it actually was laid out. Um, but it was an, an interesting movie. Uh, new me here, new me repeats. Whatever, that, however, uh, you know, I, a lot of foreign yeah. names this episode. But yeah, we got. We'll lot, try our best. Um, yeah, I do like her a lot, and she's really good in it. Um, so you're recommending it. Everybody else really isn't in it very much, but they were all. I feel like you're like fine. embarrassingly recommending. You're like, I, I, it's, it's good. It's on Netflix. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how this happened. Yeah, I'm Just, not. I'm not embarrassingly recommending it i'm just saying well 
I'm a little more, uh, I'm <laughs> set expectations to where they deserve to be. You know, my expectations for Netflix stuff like this is pretty low. Um, although it kind of shouldn't be for the, for the most part for the sci-fi stuff, they do really well. Um, at acquiring things that are pretty damn decent. Yeah. They and, uh, and this is, and this is weapon that goes against that whole, uh, <laughs> concept. You got yes, there, but right? that's not a Netflix original. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, this is from the director of Hansel and Gretel, witch hunters, which I really enjoyed a lot. So, yes, um, so like it has that, well. that same kind of, you know, oddity to it, but, but good pacing and there's action, um, and stuff. So I don't know. I liked it. I would say, uh, watch it, you know, if you're on the fence. Uh, give it a shot because it's better than most of the dystopian teenage type crap. Actually, this isn't teenage stuff, but you know, all that crap that they've been putting out. Was that your streaming online pick of the week? Sure. That can be it too. <laughs> all right. Well, my own little will be uh, nocturnal animals, which is on HBO go HBO now uh, as of last night. So I think it's going to be on for the next couple of months. You saw that one, right? Nocturnal animals. I never got around to it. I can't remember. I was thinking, I, didn't, I can't remember if you, or for it or against it. I gave it's it It's on my voodoo. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be in your mind if you watch it because that thing is uh, will haunt you for a minute. That's a, I that's want a very it inside hard watch, me. but uh, a good movie in a lot of ways. But I, I'm very curious to know what you think about it. So give that a shot. Uh, also, streaming online pick of the week, a movie called Camera Store. I got to throw out there on Netflix right now about the last days in a photo processing uh you know, film hmm. development kind of shot. Like a one hour street. thing. Yeah. Uh, on the days, right. As it was turning to digital, it's a darkly comic movie. John Lithgow's, I'm sorry, not John Lithgow, John Larroquette, even more. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's in it. John Rice wow. Davies is in it. Um, it's got huh. a good cast. So it's this is well a done. documentary. This is a real movie. It's a real movie. Yeah. Ah. Uh, about these guys. Sounds like a documentary. <laughs> but it's dark. It, it, it darkly uh-huh. comic. It's a black comedy in a lot of ways. Like one hour so, photo. I don't know. One hour photo was extremely dark. <laughs> right. Yes. One hour photo is a good movie. I like one hour photo. I agree. But there was a couple. Well, around that time, there were a lot of weird, weird, dark movies that came out. Right. It was like Eternal Sunshine. It was really weird. Like that. It was. Yeah. All right. Well, those are my picks for the week. Let's get to the trailer addict. Trailers can be wondrous things giving us insight into the unseen movies of the future. But when they're bad, fire photon torpedoes. Shields up, red alert. Prepare for trailer addict. Okay. Captain under the weather. I think we're prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's married to a much younger woman. What do you expect? He's got to keep up. Ian McShay. Well, secretly. secretly. Ian McShay. Yeah, Gandalf. Yeah. What you that what I said? Okay, for a second I thought I mentioned the guy from Deadwood. Well, you did. That's what you said, but yeah, I know who you What's meant. His? Ian McKellen. Thank yeah. you. Good God. <laughs> Good God. Uh, Ian McShay would be a whole lot different marriage. Let's get to trailer addict. Let's talk about <laughs> Jigsaw, which is uh, what they're not telling you is Saw Eleven. And okay, first of all, well, they're saying it's Saw Eight, flat out, right? Is it Saw Eight? It That's what they're saw saying, eight. flat out in the trailer. I, I don't think so. Jigsaw. Oh. Where are we? Where I don't think there's. What other Saw movies are there? Fucking coherent Saw franchise. Where there Saw movies are there? Are there more? This is first of all. What do you think of the trailer? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I, I think this looks good. <laughs> so do I. And you know what? I'm gonna give this credit. I have to, I have to give credit where credit's due because I knock these motherfuckers all the time. Lionsgate cut a good trailer here and they this cut a great. good trailer with the hitman's bodyguard well, and those are two trailers that got people uh, going and I think this they is are not known for cutting trailers a good movie and a good genre for these directors the Spearig Brothers um, who I've, I've liked their previous stuff uh, Daybreakers and Predestination but I think this will fit even better with their sensibilities and will probably be a, a better movie I didn't realize they had done both those movies. Those are both very, very underrated movies. Uh, I, I like both those. I like Predestination a little bit more than Daybreakers. I agree. Um, yeah. Daybreakers has a lot of problems. But they're, yeah, visually and story-wise, um, they're solid. like whole worlds and stuff um, yeah. built On up. very and, low and, budgets. Yes. And so I think that from seeing this trailer, I'm just like, damn, there's this is a whole world going on here. This all do, There's so much shit happening in here. 
Um, and it doesn't seem, it doesn't feel confused. It doesn't feel frenzied. It feels very well laid out and like, uh, I dare I say fun, but in a horrible way. <laughs> It's weird that by going away for a few years, you know, letting the paranormal activity for because, of course, uh, you know, Saw was was the greatest thing in the new toy and was a great big hit. And then after a while, each successive year, all of a sudden you have paranormal activity that comes out and you know, yeah. that's that's new booty. And now everybody wants to see that and Saw's old hat. And now that paranormal activity is, is more than run its course, it's a good time for this to come back with a new new director it's honestly looks a little bit more polished than, than a lot of those ladder saws that we got yeah but i think that's what happens when you get very visual filmmakers which is you know exactly what this needed let's talk about molly's game this is the directing and writing debut i should say a directing debut of aaron zorkin who has penned um, some of the best scripts out there and i know you're not the hugest fan of them but i love a few good men moneyball Social network. Steve well, yeah, Jobs. you're naming all the good ones. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Even like the, the American president. I mean, he's, he's done a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh, so, I get tired. He, he, there's, there's a there's a point where it's too much Zorkin. Well, this looks very Zorkin, and I'm in all the way. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. I really like uh, Jessica Chastain, and Idris Elba looks good in this. Um, Kevin Costner shows up and was like, "All right, Kevin Costner." Fucking right, Kevin Costner shows up. <laughs> He's like, showing up yeah. now, kind of like Tommy Lee Jones would have back in the day. You're like, oh, you're in this? Cool. Yeah, cool. exactly. So I was saying, I saw Kevin Costner. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll be watching this. Uh, great cast. Um, you know, the list goes on, whatever. But um, uh, this is the, the type of movie that I think Sorkin's really good at. Um, you know, dialogue-driven um, intensity, I guess. M maybe a word you would throw out. You know, I mean, she's running basically high-stake pokers or poker games, um, which is just going to be people sitting around talking like camera movements and stuff like that. Like this is a great movie for Sorkin. Sorkin always makes movies about one person who's the smartest person in the room or thinks they are at least most right. of the time. It yes. usually is. And this is, falls right in line with that. This looks like it's going to have the kind of, if it's directed well, I, I thought gold was well done, but this could, for, this could be falling into that category for you where it's, it's you know not well directed and it's it's not you know, it might be lacking because it's, this doesn't have that venture behind it that Danny Boyle whoever it may be you, you know giving it a visual flair but it's so far so good from the trailer. That's what I think. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the killing of a sacred deer, which is a extremely. Uh, <laughs> Are we capable of talking about this trailer? In indie film, <laughs> this is from the director of The Lobster, starring. Colin Farrell once again, Nicole Kidman, and the Tyler Sheridan. This Alicia Silverstone's does, in this. Why does Nicole Kidman keep dipping into these really fucking strange independent movies? I mean, she works with Lars Van Trier. She, she must just here. like it. I mean, I mean what about and, the script could he have possibly caught anyone's attention on this? Other, this looks like to me like Swiss Army Man. I mean, I like this trailer. It's cut beautifully. Well, this is it's, much different than that. But I mean, in the fact that it's so fucking weird. It's so yeah, I don't know how weird the movie is going to be, though. The, the trailer's weird. Uh, I'll give you that. But the movie is, is really sounds very basic. So I don't know how how this how well this trailer represents the movie. Right. Is it, the movie's just about uh, Colin Farrell plays a surgeon who uh, takes some kid under his his wing. Essentially, you know, they, they, they have a bond together and then the kids fucking insane. Like it is just evil. And puts his puts uh, this guy's family at risk and things by having taken him in, um, and that's that's the movie. <laughs> uh, when this started, so, did this know. not look a little bit like um, Midnight Special and things like that, where it's it's almost a little? They're trying to allude to these grand ideas that you know they're never going to pay off because they don't have. Oh yeah, it's an indie film, so I, I mean I agree with I, I understand what you're saying, I mean, especially the singing in the background of this trailer, and then yeah. Um, yeah, exactly because the the movie is probably pretty slow. It's, it's probably a slow burn. Um, yeah, like most of these are. I don't know. Is it good or is it bad that this trailer doesn't? tell you what the fuck the movie is about i couldn't kind of gives you an idea that i had to read the synopsis i had to go and read a couple synopsis just to be sure that 
it was that simple because they're all like one line. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I don't know, man. I mean, that, that means is there no twist in this? Is there no, is this just like a character study of some sort? I have no idea. Cause this trailer really doesn't show you shit yet. It's long. It's a bad trailer. Really? I think. Yeah. I thought it was a well done trailer, but I do. I got, was over it. I think it's a terrible trailer. Cause it doesn't give you any, unless if the movie's like that, then it's a terrible movie, which deserves a terrible trailer. But I, I don't know. Is that a rep? That's not, that's not like a good representation of the movie. I have no idea what it's about. Well, if you're looking at the trailer for the Lobster, at least that let you know it was a you know that a, yeah. Well, that was me. weird, but at least you did know. Yeah. You knew what the whole uh, concept yeah. was. Well, next we have the Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro's latest film, and uh, this is about what, Ed Sapien or what? I'm so confused. I <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? Is this the is, is this the Hellboy this, prequel? We didn't know. We didn't know was made. made? The, that's the thing is this looks to me it's like oh it starts and you're like what is this like some bridge of spy like cold war era type thing mm-hmm. that spielberg-esque and then you're like no it's like some tim burton type world and then you go oh it's clearly guillermo del toro's world because this creature is fits right in line with all this previous shit and th- this to me looks just like crimson peak in that it's going to be a beautiful boar a beautiful boar with no impact whatsoever yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. That's what his movies have been like that for a while. You know, beautiful worlds, wonderful creatures. Oh, the imagination! Tell me a goddamn good story. You know, in yeah, that I in mean, that setting, tell me a great story uh, like you used to be able to do. But he just seems like that's such a crutch at this point. Um, seems like he has a great enough. concept, but he doesn't have the story. Uh, it's all, you know, Pacific Rim is so, I, I love Pacific Rim. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guilty and love that movie, even though it's structurally That's fair. dumb. Yeah. You know, it's dumb as a box of rocks. But, you That's know, it's really one of the better ones. In Crimson back. Peak, it has such ambition and such beauty in it, yeah. and it goes nowhere. And I have a feeling that is going to be the problem with this. So, where it go? I don't. Is it? Is it a- yeah, because this trailer definitely focuses more on the romance, right? Oh, he likes me, this and that, and everything. So there's going to be a bunch of that for a long Which time. I and don't. It's, it's got a very European vibe. Let's be honest. It yeah, looks like is, it looks like it takes place in Spain, that. really, or something, doesn't it? Well, it I feel like his like, movies like all have a kind of a, a vibe. I mean, he had a Victorian London vibe in the last one. The other one was kind of this Japanese manga well, vibe. What year do you think this takes place in? This has to be Cold War era, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Like 60s, early 60s, late 50s, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's supposed to be. But it's just interesting. Um, he very he very much likes to do period movies. Yeah, it's his, it's, it's one of his things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wish the guy would, would find a project that suited his sensibilities as good as Blade and Pacific Rim and things like that. And uh, he was less doing these personal projects, which... Uh, you know, aren't his best works. I still want to see the mountain men one or the one he was going to do with, uh, with Cruz all those years ago. It's mm, yeah. a great, great story. All right. Next we have Rememory, the last trailer on tonight's show, a starring vehicle for Peter Dinklage and a movie that has a trailer that the Anton's is, in it. Shit. Yeah. Your boy Anton Yelchin's in it. Uh, I, fuck the guy from rookie. This must of the be one of his last it. movies. Henry Ian. Yeah, Henry Ian Cusick. Is in there it. you go. I mean, funky by loving. Okay. This is interesting. This reminds me of that Robin Williams movie where, where he was editing. Um, the final cut. The um, Yeah, the, uh, what is it, funeral movies, I guess. Wasn't that what it was? Yes. Yeah, he was editing the... the uh, it reminds me of that in the same way where, where they're looking into people's minds and then they have to use that information that they get out of that to solve the mystery, right? Right. Now, the only thing that is intriguing about this is that they're giving Peter Dinklage like a normal, like kind of leading man role here, which you don't often see him in. And it, for honestly, from the trailer, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, it's past the point of even looking at his size anymore. But he actually kills every scene he's in. He's, he's, he's so clearly, good he uh, from the very beginning of the screen. Yeah, from the very beginning when he came out, uh, you, you know, the station agent and all that stuff, it was like, oh, this dude's f- fucking on so good. <laughs> Find Me Guilty when he was the lawyer for Vin yes. Diesel in the City Lament film. I mean, all that stuff. He just was fucking, the guy commands the screen. Yeah, he really is just that good. So, um, 
some fun. I mean, they, as you say, you never even really think about that he's um, a, a small person in this movie. Like this trailer, uh, it's there, but it's never an, an issue. So that's interesting. I think. Yeah, it was to me like the most interesting about <laughs> it's the trailer. Weird. Otherwise, I felt like this thing was pretty very run of the mill. Yeah, it's your basic crap, right? Sci-fi not very thing. Interesting. Yeah, I'll watch it, but it's just your basic thing. I don't want to say anything good about this. I mean, the, my, my other interest in this would be Anton Yelchin. Um, just because I'm not going to see a lot more uh, of of yeah. his performances and stuff, you know. So it's interesting to have something come out and it's got him in it. I think the strongest trailer, though, on tonight's show was uh, Jigsaw. Saw 8. That's, that's yeah, interestingly like that. enough. <laughs> you know, saying stuff. Well done, Lionsgate. Finally, you got one. And uh, a much needed. I mean, I bet you that would be a big hit. I think that audiences are ready. I don't know fully to go yeah, back to the torture porn, but I think we're heading back. But there's enough. That. It feels like there's enough of the other stuff going on um, that you'll you'll get a break from that. You know, and there was a lot of different scenes in this where he had people chained up in different places and stuff. Right? They really went all out. It seems like on locations for this. I think the budget was a lot higher than it was for uh, previous installments because they've been away for a while and they're trying to relaunch this uh, with a certain gloss. Because like I said, this looks a lot more slick and glossier than yeah, some of does. those later installments that were, were being helmed by people that were like special effects people or uh, makeup yeah. artists. Yeah. In turns, you know. So-and-so is unhappy. They want to direct. Yeah, I give them a solid right. movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give them the next two songs. Fuck it. <laughs> Well, that's going to wrap up our episode 323. We always want to thank you guys for your continued support. We're uh, blown away at how many emails and how much support we get from you guys on a worldwide basis. So check out the Facebook page that you guys have been doing. Like stuff, share it. Um, let's get the word out there, and we'll continue giving these shows to you on a weekly basis. Check for MoviMavericks.com for the latest reviews and past podcasts. You can also find us on Stitcher, TalkShoe, iTunes, and a bunch of other places out there. Speaking for Trevor Anderson... I'm Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to MovieMavericks.com, Warp 9. Engage! Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.